Hey, Adam. Yeah. Hey, Dave. Do you know that when marshmallow fluff was first invented, it was sold as skin care? Skin care for who? The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man? No, for people. Like actual people. They actually, that, so funny story, and you know, this is the pre-show, people. Yeah, this is this, funny, the intro. Yeah, funny story. I, you know, every day at Boeing, by the elevators, they've got boing. The, like a, a boing, they've got a TV that it tells the weather, it tells what our stock is doing, usually falling. Uh, and uh, <laughs> It tells the weather because you can't see the windows, so you have no idea what's going on in the outside world. Well, I can Corporate see the windows, life. but then it tells like the forecast. Sure, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But, but it also tells like random factoids, and that was one of the random factoids that I actually read wow. today. Initially developed as skincare. I wonder and who so- who decided though to make the transition. Who thought to themselves, "Huh, this sure is tasty." Hmm, the stuff I'm rubbing on my face. Oh, 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 no, oh I got it in my mouth. I got it. Oh, oh, actually. What if I put peanut butter with it and we call it a fluffer nutter? <laughs> I hope there were several steps, though, between face care and fluffer nutter. I hope they didn't just make that leap. <laughs> fluffer nutter. Anyway, <laughs> hit the show. Brothers, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. Dave and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. The brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome everybody back into a great Exciting and wonderful, unrelated at birth. As always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South and Human Jukebox, Dave Adams, coming to you live and in living color, all the way from the top of the state of Alabama. That's right, in Madison, Alabama, in the Unrelated at Birth Podcast Studios, where yesterday I was in shorts. Today I had to wear a sweater. It's welcome to Alabama. If you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes, it'll change. But as always, I have brought along. I'm just ready friend. to use that. Am I going to need to use it this week? Maybe. We'll see. I brought along my friend who came in early. The one, the only, <laughs> the phenomenal brother, Adam Joseph Russell. If I do that again, I'm going to have to use it then, aren't I? Yeah. I just had I, to, I, I was so ready to start. I was ready to start the show rolling that I just wanted to jump in and make sure. Do I need that button or not? I'm just no, trying to be ready. It's, it's funny that you use that accent. Because did you see the Volkswagen commercial this weekend? I saw it, vaguely paid attention to it. So they, they Volkswagen went through their history. <laughs> I but hope they, they skipped they, something. They, they, they skipped a few things. <laughs> like They're like, and we started in the 40s. No, sir. No, um, you did not, technically Volkswagen. Technically speaking. Technically, you... Yeah, it's like NASA tanks. giving a recap of Werner Braun, von Braun's history. 
I shouldn't have said it. I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. Every opportunity. Every single opportunity. Anyway, all right. So how you been, buddy? We were going to do a Super Bowl show, but then I called you on Wednesday and you said, you know, I don't care. (laughs) I didn't say I don't care. I said I'm fine either way. There's a different connotation than (laughs) honestly. But I asked asked you, I said, do you care about the Super Bowl? You said, "Eh, no, not really. I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. But did you watch it? Yeah, because it's football and I enjoy watching football. Aiden was actually into it, but honestly... What we liked the most about the Super Bowl? Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? That's what we enjoyed was, most. I'm sure it was better than listening. To the Sorry, I'm positive it was better than Tony Romo. Serving in yellow and porous is he? It was better. Can somebody take the, that thing away from him? <laughs> is that your new like Adam's turn to talk? That's <laughs> like no. It's just like Adam wants to push it a button. So. We have, you know what? And I, I, I probably am kicking myself for saying this. Uh oh. We haven't had a Dave shut up button in a long time. Just wait. It's okay. Don't okay. you fret. No, but we did watch the SpongeBob one for a while, and then Aiden was actually the one that said, "I don't want to watch the regular one now." So we really? turned it back over to the regular one. But it wasn't. I, I liked the little things where Dora pops up and explains what a false start is, and. Where are we going? Five yards back. It was actually kind of kind of cute. Now, what was yeah. annoying, we noticed about 20 minutes into it that there was just this subtle kind of sound in the background, and it started to get a little bit grating, you know. But they actually showed a behind-the-scenes thing with the they were using iPhones on a head rig or a shoulder rig to capture the movements and facial expressions of the two voice actors that do SpongeBob and Patrick's to drive what was happening on the screen. So there's a lot of technology behind it. It was really cool. So just, but, just a little, are you going to play music and stuff now? Just a little behind what the is, scenes music. Oh, what, what is, what is, what is going just, on right now? Very, very subtle. Ooh. Every now and then you hear it when, Oh my goodness. What, what <laughs> What's going okay, on? Okay, I'm right done. Now? That was enough. Okay, you leave me no choice. <laughs> you left me no choice. When you play sounds, you get punished. So, I th- no, don't lean back. This is mildly interesting. Are you ready for I mildly interesting? shut up time, so I'm shutting no, up. but you don't have to disengage. Just shut up for a minute. You don't have to <laughs> shut up. Just shut Just up shut for a minute. <laughs> so, me and the kids today... This is actually a normal intro topic anyway. You were asked how things were going. I was going to tell this story regardless, but I decided to push the button. Um, something bothered me the other day. And when I tell you what it was that bothered me, you're, no, no. <laughs> you, are, you? <laughs> you are going to say that sounds exactly like something that would bother you. I was enjoying a bag of Gardetto's snack mix. And I noticed on the front that there's a picture of two rye trips, two rye chips, three straight breadsticks, one curly breadstick, one straight pretzel, and three curly pretzels. And I wondered, does that match the actual ratio of what's inside the bag? So the kids and I today, and Blair, um, had a experiment in empirical observation and math. And I we actually see my face right now. We actually opened 
a family size bag, so we get a big enough sample size of Gardettos. I sacrificed one for science since everybody's hands were in them. And had to answer the question. And we answered it two different ways because there are a lot of broken pieces in a bag of Gardettos. So we answered both by weight and by count. And the count's a little bit more of an estimation, again, because of the broken pieces, so it's not an exact science. But weight was pretty close. How would you think, what's your perception, Dave, of a bag of Gardettos compared to the fact that rye chips would make up 15% of what's in the bag and pretzels would only be a quarter, that kind of thing? What's your perception say? I don't care. No, just you've eaten these before. You've enjoyed these, right? No, what I you, haven't actually. I'm, you've, I'm not a fan of rye chips. You're not a what, the whole Gardettos thing, like all the things you you don't like Gardettos. So anyway, for anybody who's interested, this is what ended up happening. If you look at it by weight, if you base it off the picture on the front, you will be quiet now. So if you base it off the picture on the front, <laughs> you base it off the picture on the front on count. 20% of them would be rye chips. It's actually only 15%, which fits in because what does Gardetto sell a bag of? The rye chips. They make their money off of that, so they don't put as many in the snack mix, which means they're probably either the cheapest thing they make, and that's a huge margin product on the bag full of them, so they create a limited supply to generate demand. Or they're so expensive you can't put them in the bag. But if you look at it by weight, it's actually the same thing. It should be 30%, and it's only 21%. And there are fewer pretzels, both by weight and count, compared to the front of the bag. And there's more of everything else than they picture. So I don't know whether to call it false advertising or not, because they could only put a certain number of things on the front of the bag, and just putting one more of this or one less of that would completely change the count Dave is laying on a pillow for anybody that can't see, which is most of you guys, and um, or all of you guys. And so it actually came out to, I think, match perception that there are fewer rye chips than, than what they show on the outside by both count and weight, and therefore they create demand for a product. Fascinating stuff. So here's the cool part of the story. I scratched my brain itch. The wait, cool part wait, of the wait, wait. There, there's a cool part? There's a pretty cool part of the story. So I scratched the brain itch that I had and, and taught the kids some math and weighing and scale, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of neat. But here's the cool part. It says on the outside of the bag, 14.5 ounces net weight. When we weighed out the rye chips and the breadsticks and the curly breadsticks and the straight pretzels and the pretzels and added it all up, it was exactly 14 and a half ounces. And it blew the kids' minds that something could be that accurate, that they actually put in what they said. And we got a chance then to talk about that they weigh it by machine and things like that. So a lot was learned today, and it was an enjoyable time. So wake up, Dave. Does that wake you up? There you go. So that's my story about Gardetto's. It was actually fascinating. I'm thinking about doing it again and making a video about it. Y'all, I'm sorry if you found this fascinating, but it was not. I think it actually was, but to each their own, right? I mean, right? <laughs> Speaking of to each their own, that brings me perfectly into our topic. What? First really? Topic. What? Play the next one because I know you got it. I don't have okay. Sorry. Yeah? <laughs> I just have one. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Actually, that's that's on the backside of something else. But anyway, go ahead. The backside of water? No. Oh, two H. Okay. okay. But that... 
that brings me perfectly into our next, our first topic, because I, like probably most of the people my age, thoroughly enjoyed the halftime Super Bowl show. <laughs> and I say it that way because apparently Taylor Swift's boyfriend played at an Usher concert. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I thought beginning to end, the Usher halftime show was the best Super Bowl halftime show we've seen in 20 years. Considering 20 years ago was 2004, I don't. I can't think of a better Super Bowl. I mean, 2004. I believe that was the Justin Timberlake uh, uh, mishap. It was, yeah, yeah. So from there to Usher, uh, okay, maybe Bruno Mars, Prince, those were great. But I would say, okay, in the last ten years, fine. The last ten years, I think that this Usher halftime uh, show was the best one we've seen. I think it. The music was amazing. They proved that Usher sang. At 45 years old, Usher still has the moves that he had when he was 18, 19, 20 years old. I, I think, and to, to top it all off, Usher got married right after the show and then showed up at his, uh, his post-game party, which ended up being a wedding reception. So I think that it was the best Super Bowl halftime show in a very, very, very long time. And I've heard from other people that it was about a D-plus, C-minus type show. Mm. I have a theory. The people that don't like it are Gen X and Boomers realizing that the halftime show is not about them anymore. That what they're correct. doing is they are now pandering, and I say pandering because I like it, because they're pandering to the elder millennials. A couple years ago, we had NWA, which was popular when I was late middle school, high school. We have Usher, which was popular when I was in high school and college. We had Rihanna which was popular at the end of my college Shakira, career. Jennifer Lopez, Maroon 5, that kind of stuff, yeah. Right, exactly. <clears throat> I, I think the last five years, it has been solely pandering to my generation. And, and I have a theory of this, and I, I really wished that Adam Joseph Russell had watched it because he is not an elder millennial. He is truly a Gen Xer. May I explain the, something, though? He is the last year of Gen X. Why I didn't watch it is exactly the reason you're talking about. Every song that Usher released was from 2002, was only one of them, 2004 Disagree. on. Disagree? No. I'd looked down he, the list and looked up the years from 2002 sang, to 2004 He sang from his 8701 album, which came out in 2001. He sang You Make Me Wanna, which is on 8701 album. Okay, 2001 on. Most and, and of he them. Started, he started with My Way, which was in on his 1998 album. Okay, most of the songs, if I can finish, <laughs> were from 2004 can, can, on. Can I finish? Most of Usher's catalog of things that he's known for 
happened in a period of time where I did not listen to Usher's music. That R&B style of music was not on my radar once I left Rose Towers. It just wasn't. And I have, it was not nostalgic to the point that you're making. Exactly the reason I did not watch it is it was not nostalgic to me. I have no nostalgia around Usher in that regard. I don't, I don't honestly have any nostalgia around Alicia Keys. She had one song and then she didn't have anything else until this girl is on fire. As far as I'm on my radar. So it's not my cup of tea. You're absolutely right in your point. And it's why it's honestly why I didn't and why I probably won't. But I, I don't, I'm not nostalgic for his music. I don't care for the lyrics and what they're about. And it's not for me. (laughs) 110%. But I'm, I'm saying your, your, your theory has been proved correct, whether I watched it or not. Because well, that's why I didn't watch it. So the biggest pop, and I'm going to use a wrestling term, the biggest pop that we had at my house when the Super Bowl party was when Little John and Usher came, Little John and, and Ludacris came out for Yeah. I'm not going to lie, Adam. One of my favorite memories of you and I is driving to the Mississippi State game and listening to a couple of Ludacris songs. Oh, sure. And you're like, what the, why, why the heck did Scott put this on this mix, uh, mix CD? <laughs> uh, but I mean, so but yeah, I it came out in '04. That was one of the '04 songs. So it did, but it was Luda, and, and Luda's kind of. I don't. I, I listen to Ludacris with you, man. I didn't carry it around with me everywhere I went. Yeah, that's true. That's that true. that was a you know. So I mean, so area it, codes was as far as I ever went with Luda. It, oh <laughs> come on! Was, yes, no. I mean, I we didn't even was, listen to area codes. In, in I mean, that, but I'm saying after, like that's the only song after college until he sang with Justin into sang rapped with Justin Bieber that I could probably tell you he did. You know, so you're absolutely okay. right. Okay, absolutely well, hey, right. I enjoy. I, I'll I'll take that win. And I learned um, my lesson several years ago. If you enjoyed it, watch <laughs> it. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to go off on a tirade about my whys or wheres or who should or who shouldn't watch whatever the heck you want to watch. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, say, I won't go that far. I won't go that far. I, I will say this. The, so I have become uber aware and we're going to go on a small tangent here. What I have become uber aware about Taylor Swift and her, <laughs> her company. She keeps, and her songs and her uh, album covers. Yeah. Um, sadly, unfortunately, because of one of my family friends, because of Turbo's daughter, my daughters are starting to get into Taylor Swift music. And I'm trying my best to keep it out of my house. But, you know, you have to. You know how, I mean, you know how it happens. You're, you know, kids listen to what their friends listen to. Um, but here's, here's my, my tirade. I I not I'm not a fan of her album covers, but I have to say this, and and I don't want to shake my fist at the clouds, but this is the same conversation that our parents had about Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson. It's it's the same conversation that our grandparents had about Elvis. It's the same conversation that their parents had about. I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. It's a tale as old as time. So it's a two-way street. Parents, remember where you were, but also, Taylor, I'm sure you're listening to this podcast, but Taylor, 
I, I already have a little bit of a problem with you because you use country music to get famous and then uh, you, you abandon country music. For, friend, for my friends that know me, that's why I don't like Taylor Swift. It's not because of her lyrics. It's not because of who she is. It's Adam and I have had this conversation about other bands. Anybody that uses country music to get famous and abandons it, you're dead to me. That's why I'm actually proud that Zach Brown has gone back to country. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he took the long way around, man. He did. Holy but he's moly, back, took the long way around. I, I, I will but, say. But, I, but hold on, hold on. Let me finish, finish the point. point. Go ahead. Yeah. Taylor, whether you like it or not, you have the country's 10 to 15, 18, 19-year-old girls, ladies, watching you and looking up to you. Whether you like it or whether you're on the Charles Barkley, I'm not a role model bus, you are. Use it. Use it for good. Don't use it for for what I think you want to use it for. I'll just is using it for. There's no want to. I mean, it's happening. And it's hard, too, because we can't, as parents, in the same way that our parents and their grandparents and all of that could, Right. We can't vote with our dollar the same way because you buy a subscription to Apple Music now. Right. Well, you don't is buy an she album. On Apple Music? Yeah, she is. Yeah, you don't buy an album. You subscribe. And music doesn't pay based off of record sales anymore. It pays in a different model. And our ability to get someone removed by just not buying their music doesn't happen anymore because enough people are going to download it off of that platform to make up for 65 parents saying no in their households. It's just going right. to get overwhelmed. And that, that and, shock and awe campaign is how they get people famous and how they get people rich now is just overwhelm it, get everybody to listen to it. And it's honestly the biggest coup of the day has nothing to do with the chiefs and it has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. It's that if you watched a trending line of ushers music, he's the real winner out of the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, because all of his stuff now for another generation. I get, I bet his listens went through the roof, you know, because it was out there for everybody to see. And I, I don't, yeah. I don't. That there's a difference though, and I think it it lies in the the example of Usher and Taylor Swift. And I'll yell at clouds a little bit for a second too. Oh boy, it's one thing to sing about Shoddy got down, said come and get me, and all this stuff, right? And it's one thing for Britney Spears to. Oops, I did it again stuff. But the content of the videos and the company that Taylor Swift keeps in public and the things they have chosen to do, you can Google in the Super Bowl when she was down in the beer, what happened? We don't have to go into it here. But there's a difference between the lyrics that you sing and the portrayal of that, a coven of witches, a satanic ritual. And those are things that Taylor Swift has done at everybody and say, Oh, she was just dancing with a mask on. It's the implication. It's not necessarily that she was carrying out anything. It's the implication behind it. That's the difference. Well, Adam, and, let, let me stop you there. Let well, me stop on. you for a quick second. You can say that Taylor is different, but Britney Spears had a song. If you seek Amy, say that fast. What is that? No, I know. I, I understand that. I'm not saying here, here's here's my point. There are levels, and the, the ultimate level that Taylor Swift has reached is that it's not just the song she's making, it's the portrayal of those songs and the way she's choosing to put the content there. When you've got a friend in your suite flashing 
signals and stuff like that. If you look up, you can see the reels and what everybody's saying about it. Whether or not that was her intention or not, it's the company you keep. Whether or not you intended for anybody to become a witch because you showed a coven of witches dancing in a music video, you portrayed it that way. Music videos were different back then. The thing was different back then. But you were absolutely right. Where I was going with it is that the lyrics are still a problem for Usher, Britney Spears, Genie in a Bottle with Christina Aguilera. Michael Jackson had an interview a long time ago and said that one of the reasons he makes songs like Black or White is because songs become a mantra. You repeat it and you hear it. You watch a TV show or a movie a handful of times a year, once a year. Some do. Some do. Some do. But a song you have on repeat over and over, and those words mean something. And if we truly believe, if we truly believe that there are powers and principalities, if we truly believe that there's warfare going on, and that it's not just the flesh that you can see, but other things that are going on, but still court that, we, don't, we must not really believe it, or we're just too lazy to care. And whatever anybody does, there's no judgment in that statement for anybody that listens to, lets their kids listen to anything like that, because each of us has an individual discernment, like trick-or-treating or anything else, right? There's an individual level of discernment that you have to bring into your own life where you can either redeem it, explain it, or delete it. And let me let me let me let me pause real quick there, Adam. I, I, I something I, I heard in a sermon two weeks ago. You and I talked about this. Yep. The spirit, your conscience, can lead you in a different way than it can lead Adam, than it can lead me, than yep. it can lead your friend down the street. So, what I hate, I, I don't. I'm I'm not saying this lightly because if you take it one way, it can be very humanistic, but. What you think the spirit is leading you, where you think the spirit is leading you, that's the way you should go. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, we're all individually responsible for whichever way we go, and there's nobody that can tell us other than our own convictions. It does no good for me to say that no one should watch the Super Bowl halftime. It doesn't because people are going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway, and they they feel either right, wrong, or indifferent about it, and. At the end of the day, though, we have to admit that when it comes to the whole body of work, there is reason for pause. Adam, why do you got to be so mean? Sorry. Just just shake it off. <laughs> Hater's going to hate, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think she's... The fainting goat video is still uh, my, one of my favorite videos of all time. Absolutely. All right. One other topic on the Super Bowl, and we'll leave it alone. Well, Adam just went away. Yeah, I hit space bar, and it took me out of the feed. Oh. So, Super Bowl commercials. Oh. All right. I, can we talk about why the Super Bowl commercial is dying? Every time it's you say dying. It, what's that? The superb owl. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a sound for an owl. Thanks a lot. Yeah. But no, what about the, it? the good, I'm not going to say, the good big game <sighs> commercial yes. is dying, sadly. Um, there were only, in my mind, six, may, seven, maybe eight, eight outstanding commercials. And three of them were movie trailers. Yeah. Deadpool versus Wolverine, Twister, 
And my number one, Wicked. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so I'll, I'll give you my top five. I, I didn't have you prepare this, Adam. I, I don't know if you have one. You're good. Uh, but Wicked, Arnold State, Arnold Palmer, uh, Arnold, Palmer. Palmer. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, yeah. State Farm, Ken Jung, Popeyes, the what? T-Mobile, King Young, Ken Young, Popeyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The T-Mobile commercial with uh, Jason Momoa and the Nerds Cluster. Yeah, but the the T-Mobile and the Nerds Cluster didn't even feel like Super Bowl commercials. Like, those two guys from Scrubs are in T-Mobile commercials all the time. It was that extra celebrity. It was Jason But it was the same thing. It was the whole musical thing. But the Nerds Cluster one for me just felt like a normal commercial. It didn't... Have you ever seen another Nerds Cluster commercial? I no, haven't. but that's the thing. I already eat Nerds Clusters. I didn't need a commercial. They're Emma's you favorite. Might. You might, but others yeah. don't. I think I think the truth of the matter is, is that the commercial itself is dying. Everything you do has ads now. Yeah. And you're overwhelmed by it. I mean, literally, I cannot think of the last time I watched a commercial and thought, hmm, I think I'll partake of their product or service. Uh, wicked. Yeah, but you were going to go see that anyway. That movie trailer, though, that's I guess that's my point. A movie trailer is a commercial they would have shown any other time. None of those except for Arnold, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe the Popeyes one. But none really of those except for Arnold were super bowl, standout, wouldn't have been shown on a random Tuesday during Wheel of Fortune commercials. And the even only na- other one you know, that maybe I missed and didn't add to my list was the Dunkin' Donuts with all the... <sighs> I mean, I'm, but I'm tired of the Ben Affleck, Matt yeah. Damon shtick. And ha- what kind of world do we live in where those guys are selling donuts? They used to be big movie stars, man. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting and Armageddon own. in the late 90s? I mean, come on, man. They're Boston's own. I know, Boston's but donuts? Don't you draw the line somewhere? It's like, when you see, it's like when you see somebody like, hey, it's such and such from this show you watch. I play this app in my spare time. No, you don't. Your friend, no, you're, you, you, you did that on Cameo, you know? <laughs> I'll tell you the one that, that I say, oh, my gosh, he's fallen, was when Nelly was starring in a Honey Nut Cheerios commercial. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, but at least like Christopher Walken, that commercial felt, didn't feel like he was stooping. Like it didn't, you know, it felt like, wow, right. all these people are talking, you know, it, it was okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I, it's just it's just donuts. The, the Super Bowl commercial has fallen. All right, I, I lied. One more big game thing. Wait, you already said Super Bowl though. Okay. Next year's big game is in the Big Easy. Yeah. New Orleans. So, if you had your druthers, knowing that New Orleans is a city of music, who plays next year's Super Bowl halftime show? I mean, who can predict who's famous but got not famous enough to charge a lot of money or, or a lot of demands next year? Um, I mean, I would honestly say it needs to be somebody from that area. And I think you've Juvenile got folks Lil like... Wayne. What's that? Juvenile and Little Wayne. Yeah, it'll probably be something like that. I would say everybody just got to get over it and we'll be boomers for a minute and let Harry Connick Jr. get up there and melt everybody's face off on a piano. Honestly, that was my Super Bowl. Yeah. I want Harry Connick Jr. with the Preservation Hall Band. Yeah, bring anything like that together. Just stuff that's from that area that represents the culture of where the Super Bowl is. I don't know. It's it Now it's just like, I don't know. Well, I don't even like, know the names of whoever it's going to be next year probably. 
Well, it's like when the Super Bowl was in New Jersey a couple of years ago, uh, 10, 15 years ago. They didn't have the boss or Bon Jovi. Sure. What's wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. So They couldn't make the rider work. It was too much. Yeah. Exactly. They wanted too All much. Right. So before we get into our topic that Adam brought to the table, can you do we that? have a Russell? Russell. Virgil. Russell. <laughs> a Russell, Adam. comma, Virgil. Yes. We do have a question. question. Want to hear it? I do. Here go. Hey, guys. I got this week's Virgil asked a question. During a breath hold, the level of blood CO2 rises and the O2 declines. The initial increase in the urge to breathe, let's say 30 seconds into the breath hold, primarily comes from the rising CO2 at a particular threshold. The chemoreceptors also respond to the declining O2 at which the drive to breathe increases dramatically. Eventually, the urge to breathe intensifies to the point that the diaphragm contracts involuntarily. This is the point at which the untrained breath holder will typically break and begin to breathe again at around three minutes if motivated and oxygen unassisted. The world record for a non-oxygen-assisted breath hold for a male is 11 minutes and 35 seconds. The record hold for a woman or female is 9 minutes and 2 seconds. That hold was, that record is held by Natalia Mochinova. The, these are people who have trained for many years and are top professionals i have a two-part question first question is who is a top male breath holder and number two is what is their professional title thanks guys looking forward to the podcast so I have, oh wait here we go hold your breath if you have to breathe <laughs> so i have no idea who it is but my guess is he's a musician no, his name is Stefan or Stefan Mifsud. Okay. And the professional title is in, in French, is an apniste. A professional apniste. What does that mean? Like like apnea, right? It's a it's called static apnea in English. Is what holding your breath is called. But apniste is kind of what they call themselves. So Adam, I'm gonna request a sound for every time we answer a Virgil Essa question. Hold your breath if you have to breathe. I need the the more you know. I'm surprised I don't have that. I am too. So I failed. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. I didn't because I did. found one about right. holding your breath. <laughs> yes. So since this is your topic, Adam, I will let you introduce the topic. Oh, I'm glad you said that, Dave, because now everybody... It's time for everybody's favorite game. Guess that top ten. <laughs> All right. So I'm so I glad you two. let me do that. I downloaded that just in case, and you just, we've been I, doing this too long, I, I man. I didn't even know that was coming. We've been doing this too long. So since I have two, Adam, and I'm sure you only have one for me. So since I have two for you, I'm going to go first and do one of my top 10s. All right. So a little bit, let's give a little, just a little bit more detail. So this is a top 10 factual ranking, not my opinion, 
not would you rather type stuff, but like top 10 sales of chips by volume in America or something like that, right? Like a factual ranking. And we're going to guess the items that are on the list. All right, Adam. Yeah. I have in my hand. And for those, okay, <laughs> elder millennials, <laughs> if you know. Oh, I know this one. I know this one. If you know the elder millennials and Gen Xers, the title of this show. I have in my hand tonight's top 10 list. I don't have a drum roll sound. I wish I did. Dave Letterman, the best late night talk show host of all time. (laughs) Johnny Carson was good. Jay Leno was good. Jimmy Fallon's up there. But Dave Letterman, come on, y'all. So I have in my hand your first top 10 list. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. I was born ready. All right. I think you... Probably will get fired if you don't get this. Oh boy. Tonight you will be telling me the top ten highest grossing Disney animated movies. <laughs> All right, in no particular order. In no particular order. <laughs> um Frozen Two. That is number one. Yes, that I knew. One point four five billion dollars. Billion. Uh, I'm gonna say frozen. That is number two at $1.28 billion. And then I'm going to go with Toy Story. That is your first strike, sir. Oh. And you get three strikes, by the way. And we get three strikes and the whole thing's over. Oh, yours is going to be a lot of fun then. That's going to be fast. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, okay, five strikes then. I'm going to say The Incredibles 2. That is number three, actually. $1.24 billion. And then I would say Toy Story 3. That is number four. Am I doing these in order for real? No, no, no. no. That's number three. I'm oh. sorry. So what was Incredibles 2? Incredibles 2 is number three. Toy Story 3 is $1.6 billion. Mm, billion. Let's see. Frozen, Frozen 2, Incredibles 2, Toy Story 3, uh, Inside Out. That's number 10 at $858 million. Mm. And this is grossed, not net, gross. Gross, yeah. Um, international or, yeah, I'm kidding. Um, inside out. Um, Moana. Five left, sir. Moana. That is your second strike. Dang it. That actually shocked me. That's in the top 15, not the top 10. Um, well, this is a tough, because it's like, what's the one that came out at the right time, but maybe isn't incredibly new? Because Moana's new enough where you would think it would be up there. Right. Um, I'm going to just say Encanto. That's your third strike. You got mm. two more, sir. Man, um... It's hard to think Disney and Pixar. My mind's going just to Pixar. Finding Nemo. Well, you you can do Disney and Pixar. No, I know, I mean, but that, my brain keeps defaulting to Pixar because that's where all yeah. the money's made outside of Frozen. Um, Finding, Nemo Finding Nemo is number nine, $941 million. And so I'll go and follow that up with a Finding Dory. That is number six, $1.2 billion. So I have three left? You have three left. Man, what numbers? One of them. Uh, okay, do you want a hint? Uh, maybe. Mm. One of them is not current. One of them is not 
current. What numbers do I have left? Eight, seven, and four. Wow, I'm missing a pretty big one then. Seven and eight, okay, yeah, but number four. Um, number seven shocked me, actually. I'm going to say Big Hero 6. No, it is top 15. Dang it's actually it. number four. Yeah, uh, one more. So read off to me what I've said so far. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. Inside Out. Just remember that later. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. Inside Out at 10, Finding Nemo at 9, Finding Dory at 6, Toy Story 3 at 5, Incredibles 2, Frozen, and Frozen 2. I'll throw Toy Story 2 out there. That, sir, is your final strike. Mm. Hey, 7 out of 10, though. Ain't bad. That's, That's a pretty good score coming off of a you know, cold open to this. For for somebody who got a 5.0 in college, you failed, sir. You got a C. It's not a failure. I passed. You got a C. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, you don't. I really don't. Um, I'll, I'll give you one more guess. One more guess. And the one that's not current? Mm-hmm. Give me a little bit more around that one. Let's investigate this. I'm already technically out. Give me a little bit more on that one. Um. Was it re-released? I'm going to if, if the hint I can give you will give it away. It's been remade, remade, but it doesn't count towards the budget or towards the money. Yeah. There was a controversy. I'm going to say Lion Lion King. Is this a, is this yeah. adjusted? I don't know. It's not okay. So this is actually Lion how much it King. made. $968 million. And that's on the initial release it made that much? Yes. Wow, that's a lot of money for the 90s. That's insane. So I have two more. And that is the most... So looking at everything else. So Lion King, and then it goes to Finding Nemo and Inside Out. Wow. If you go to Timeline. So that was number six? That was number eight. Number eight. I have seven and four. The four is bugging me, man. It's like I, I'm just drawing a blank on anything that was that big. And a I know movie that wasn't one. good, but it introduced a funny character. The movie that wasn't good, but introduced a funny character. What era are we talking? We had our podcast. We had our podcast. So very recent, like sideline warning or... Related at birth. We had just switched over. Man, so you're talking 2018s, 2019, like late 2010s. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing a total blank. All right. I'm tapping number, out. Number For the sake of time and our Zootopia. listeners. Zootopia. Oh. But that's, that's not the one I was thinking of. Man, how did I miss that one? Yep. That's the one that shocked me. I was okay. shocked that that popped in. Yep. Four, the one that I was trying to lead you towards. I don't know. Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. Forky. Yep. And we do the whole ask a question thing because of that. (laughs) Well, because of a spinoff of that. Zootopia is 1.2 billion. 1.02 billion. Wow. Story 4 is 1.07 billion. Well, hopefully five tops all of them. Probably not. Awesome. Well, all right, Dave, it's uh, 
time for round two. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready or not. Your category is the top 10 colleges ranked by the number of points their players scored in the Super Bowl. This year? All time. The top 10 colleges ranked by the number of points that players from that school have scored all time in the Super Bowl. Let me actually copy this. Hang on. Hang on. Bama's not on this list because Because they've never had one, which is what kind of got me thinking about this topic. No, I, I see. This is the stat that I do not like. Alabama's quarterbacks have had a lot of points scored. The first three Super Bowls. Yeah. Were won by Alabama quarterback, but it goes to who caught the pass. But it goes to caught the pass, and no Alabama wide receiver or running back have ever scored in the Super Bowl. That's right. All right. So hit me with, with your logic, best shot. You cannot say Michigan because Tom Brady doesn't get the points. Michigan is the- not in the top 10, you're correct. But this right. is not guessing who's not there. You're 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 on the other side of the fence. No, I'm I'm <laughs> you're, you're using the process of elimination. I got it. So, therefore, I will say Arizona with Rob Gronkowski. Incorrect. Okay, that's my first strike. Ohio State. Incorrect. Really? <laughs> I know when I read this list, I was like, oh boy. And if you guess number 10 in the box that I need to ship now that UPS is back working over here again, I will put a $10 bill in the box if you guess number 10 correctly. We'll see what happens. Can't be Navy because Stallback was the quarterback. Oh, what? Mm, this is going to bug me. <laughs> I know the sports trivia buff in you is just like. Florida? Florida is number two. Interesting. T- oh, wait. There you go. Interesting tidbit there is 30 of those points belong alone to Emmett Smith. Yeah, I was going. And then Percy Harbin's probably right below him. So Florida's number two. That's one. Are most of these power five? Yes. Most. South of the Mason-Dixon? I'm not going to go that far. We're not hinting yet. We're not hinting yet. (laughs) Oh, here it comes. What's that? LSU. LSU is also incorrect. Really? Also incorrect. I have to say it because they they were a NFL factory for a very long time. USC. The University of Southern California is not on the list either. Are you serious? I know this is fascinating, isn't it? (laughs) I know. I know. Miami. Miami is number one. He's got it at 84 total points scored. Only 84. 84. That's the highest is 84. And most of them are probably Michael Irvin. 
Probably so. So you've got the top two. And they're both Florida schools. Both Florida schools. No, you can't follow that logic. I'll give you that one for free, though. Okay. (laughs) That was an impulse. (laughs) When the Cowboys had Herschel Walker, they weren't winning Super Bowls, so it probably isn't Georgia. Um. Texas. Texas is not, but there is a college from Texas on the list. A&M? No. Houston? No. Rice? No. SMU? No. TCU? No. (laughs) I think you missed the only one. Texas Southern? Texas Tech. Texas Tech is number six oh, at 62 Tom points. Walker. Yes. That is, yeah, okay. <laughs> One of Tom Brady's guys. Yep. God. See, I thought, okay, I had I legit studied wrestling because I thought you were going <laughs> to go wrestling. And I went more relevant than that. Imagine that. Um, I will, you have, I'll give you, you want me to give you a quick freebie? Yeah. You walked away from one that's on here. Georgia. Georgia is number seven at 61 points, and there's no context around that. It's just listed. So I'm not, I don't have any names to go with that. Is this, so is this list as of Sunday? This list is as of January the 30th. So before the Super Bowl. Okay. So that list actually has more points now. It does. Yeah. McCole Hardman scored. Yes. Okay. So there's actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven oh, left oh, because oh. there's, hang on, there's seven left because there's a tie for ninth place. Cincinnati? Cincinnati is not on the list. Do you know why I say that? No. Jason, or Travis Kelsky. Oh, Travis. There, yeah. There you go. Mm. I'm actually making you think this is enjoyable just for that alone of watching you work through this. <laughs> I love it. UCLA. UCLA is not on the list, but there are two California schools at number four and number nine. Guess two of them, the, the two main ones. San Diego State? No. <laughs> Stanford? Stanford is number nine, tied for ninth with another school at 54 points. And there's one more school. Oh, one that I didn't know. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is on the list. Number five at 64 points. Mississippi Valley State. That is the one that is number 10. You win the challenge, sir, and the grand prize, Jerry Rice. (laughs) 48 (laughs) points, all scored by one man who is actually from Blair's hometown of Greenville, Mississippi. Why did I not think of that one first? And I can confirm he did not Google that, folks. (laughs) He was looking up and far in the distance. He had the 10,000-yard stare on that one. Uh, Um. (laughs) 
Four more. Okay, okay. I'll um, give you a couple more. A couple more tries in the interest of time. And I've got one more California school to guess. Yes. Is it a power five? Let me get you want me to give you a general geographic location. You yes. know, one California, one northeast, one southeast, one middle of the country, Midwest. And I've guessed Georgia, Florida, Alabama. I'm not going to name that school. I don't think it's Mississippi or Ole Miss. I've guessed LSU. There's nobody really good coming out of Arkansas. Missouri is not Southern, even though they're claiming the SEC. Kentucky? No. When you say Southeast, are we talking conference? No, these are just geographic locations. So it could be ACC or SEC. And I'll give you one more hint. The Southeastern is because of a kicker. I know. Kicker. A kicker. See, Sebastian Janikowski went to Florida State, but he played for the Raiders, and they didn't make the Super Bowl much. There's a team that did make the Super Bowl a lot. Adam Vinatieri, but I don't know no. what college Vinatieri went to. It's not Vinatieri. Right team, wrong kicker. When you say right team, Vinatieri played for two teams, Colts and Patriots. Mm-hmm. You're saying Patriots. Yep. It's the second one after Vinatieri. It's Guskowski, and I don't know what team Guskowski played for in college. He went to the University of Memphis. Okay. At number eight with 59 points. I knew the player, but (laughs) I didn't know the school. Didn't know the school. You didn't watch the intros at the bottom. Well, I guess they don't ever do one for the kicker, do they? They don't do the Super Bowl. All right, you have three left. Okay. So one's in the Midwest. Midwest, Northeast, and California. So Midwest. Is it Power Five? Yeah. Uh, The rest all are. I think Memphis and Mississippi Valley were the only two that weren't. Other than Notre Dame being independent. School is in the Power Five. What, what? I'm trying to think what other California schools in the Power Five that I've missed. UCLA, USC, Stanford. I'm going to be so mad when I think of this. When You, you will say be. This. I'm getting yelled at by radios everywhere. It's a school in California. Oh, no. Play your button, Sherlock. California is where it is. It's in California. Oh, Cal. Cal. <laughs> but it can't. Oh, no, because they didn't run the ball, Seattle. Um, a lot of more. So, Cal. It's Cal with yeah. 66 points. And they, uh, before an old list had them uh, had different amounts of points. They would have been higher if they would have handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. Right. Uh, thank you. <laughs> They'd have been higher on the list. So that's why I didn't think everybody forgets about Cal. Yeah. Um, Two more. Okay. Midwest and Northeast. And number three has 81 points again, thanks to a number of kickers. And number nine has 54 points with no other notes that are given on the list. Penn State, Penn State with 81 points. That is correct. 
And the last one is number nine with 54 points. With a bunch of, for a bunch of kickers. No, that was Penn State was a bunch of kickers. Okay. Um, I'll give you one per- more guess. What? Purdue. No, not Purdue. Purdue. It's the Cornhuskers of Nebraska with 54 oh, points. Tied for number nine with Stanford. But there you go. See, that was a, that was a good exercise. You worked your brain out there, man. You must be tired. I, I am. <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to get every single one of this next one. Oh, I hope so. This is going to be good. All right. Last one. Uh, Tell I'm us, Dave, you. what is the category? I'm only giving you three strikes on this. Okay. Because, in my left hand, I hold the last top ten list. Let's do it. This is Rolling Stone's Reader's Poll. Okay, let's go. Top ten George Strait songs. Ooh. You only get three misses. And the, what, what poll is this? Rolling Stone Reader's Poll. Oh, Lord. I'm surprised they even know who George Strait is. Um, I cross my heart. Number four. Uh, the chair. Number three. Um, see, now, now, if you'd ask me just on a normal Tuesday, hey, name some, name some George Strait songs. I'd have been like, blah, 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 blah. And now I'm like. I, you and I did this for a did. whole four hours on Facebook one night. Um, uh, fireman. That's going to be my first strike. That's your first strike, sir. Yeah. Um, oh, my favorite, Amarillo by Morning. That is number one. Um, check yes or no. That's your second strike. Really? I'm shocked because that's one of my. Uh, all my exes live in Texas. That's your third strike. What? How much new stuff is on this list? Maybe I should have asked that first. None. It's all 90s. Um, 90s. So it's all 90s. So write this down is on there then. No. What are you talking about? Where did you find this list? Is this like the North Korean ranking of George Strait? Rolling Stone. What are you talking about, man? Um, 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 you look so good in love. No. What are you talking about? I got some. Oceanfront property in Arizona. That's number 10? Yep. Who did this? But it's all right, baby. If I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. That is number eight. Um, um, one yeah. night at a time. Nope. Blue clear sky. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay, this is ridiculous. How did you think I was going to get all of these right? There's literally all of the, the songs that everybody knows. Um, that carrying your love with me. That is number five. That big four poster bed and hmm. give it away. There's That's no way. Seven. There's no way. Give it away cracks the top ten. That's There's no I way. I mean, it's good, but come on. Um, see, I, <laughs> Troubadour number six. You gotta be kidding me. That is no way. <laughs> There's no way. You got, you got two more. There's no way. <laughs> I'm, cry. I'm literally crying. Uh, Murder on Music Row. 
No. <laughs> Why don't you take this list and cram it? <laughs> Why don't you what? Um, that on. I just gave you the phrase right up to the next the the title. Of the yeah, dude, you you. I, I am discombobulated right now. Like this is like the anti list. Uh, I literally can't. Um, easy come, easy go. No. I'm absolutely speechless. <laughs> if there's a plane or a bus leaving Dallas, I hope you're on it. If there's oh, a trip um, fast down, that's number two. What, what's the name of that one? Um, what is the name of that one? There's Baby, a plane or a bus leaving Dallas. Can't cut a path across the blue skies straight in a straight line. You can't get here. Oh, run. Run? Yes, that's number two. No. Dave Adams. This is, this is heresy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's good, but it's not the best. Okay. Okay. So which one am I missing then? Love without end. Amen. You're missing number nine. No. She looked, she looked so much like a lady, but she was so much like a child. A devil when she when she held me close, an angel when she smiled. She always held it deep inside, but somehow I always knew she'd go away with the gra- when the grass turned green and the sky turned baby blue. That's number nine. What what's uh, is it baby blue? Okay, I, but. Run? It's like they have only heard stuff that was like from the last 10 years. For those that weren't keeping up, here's the list. Oh, my God. In was Oceanfront Property. Number nine was Baby Blue. Number eight was I Can Still Make Cheyenne. Number seven was Give Away. Number six was Troubadour. Number five was Carrie and Your Love With Me. Number four was I Cross My Heart. Number three was The Chair. Number two was Run. Number one was Amarillo by Morning. I'll allow Not it. number one. Number one should be All My Exes. But you know, when the guy literally has an album from years ago called 50 Number Ones, it's yeah. kind of hard to narrow down 10, but they did not do a good job. Did I find the right sound? Hang on. Wait, where, where is it? Is that what you want? (laughs) I guess I need to learn about George Strait songs then. The more I know about country music. I have one more for you. Oh, no. Where did you find this one? Russian State Media or something? (laughs) This one is from Billboard from 2017. From when? 2017. But it's okay. This band has not had a song in a long time. Hootie and the Blowfish. The top ten in my eyes i am looking at the top 10 alabama songs according to billboard uh, give me five strikes before we start laughing at you <laughs> dixieland delight that if you is, say it's not on the list i'm literally ending the podcast right now <laughs> don't say it um <laughs> incorrect <laughs> all right everybody so 
Remember, we love you, but not as much as Jesus does. Be kind to one another. Stay safe out there. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye, guys.